Let's give the priests and worship team a round of applause. And um, yeah, let's pray for Denise as she um, is sick and everyone else who is sick. I know e, um, Sister Wilda, who's back from the Philippines, um, is also not feeling well. Um, Sister Lorna, Lorna too. So, um, Okay, if you can please uh, make sure your cell phones are turned off or you can uh, tell your friends and your family you can talk to them later after two hours. No, I'm kidding. Um, we're going to continue our series in the spiritual warfare about uh, our series of the full armor of God. I entitled our message tonight, The Truth of Spiritual Warfare. Now, uh, this is tackling Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 and 12. I know, I know we did this last week, but uh, as, a, as much as I want to get to the end of the book of Ephesians, uh, the Lord wants us to continue to uh, learn, learn more about this. It's, there's so much in there, and um, I just want to make sure that we're getting what God wants us to get. Or that, or I'm just wanting to talk. <laughs> Uh, please turn your Bibles at the end to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 12. Be strong with the Lord's mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies and tricks of the devil. For we are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against those mighty powers of darkness who rule this world, and against wicked, wicked spirits in the heavenly realms. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Uh, you know, war is a fact of life. War is a fact of life. The U.S. government has been involved in many different conflicts, um, including the Revolutionary War, the Civil War, World War One and Two, the Korean War, the Vietnam War, and the Gulf Wars and literally hundreds of other conflicts throughout our history as a nation. Some who have fought for, some of you have fought for the country uh, in this way and know war firsthand. Those who are engaged in military conflict have no doubt who their enemies are. They know them and they have a plan to defeat them and are trained to do battle. Now we have our key points here is are knowing that you are in a battle, number one, and then knowing who your enemies are and having a plan to defeat the enemy based on your training. Now, there's no room to be a pacifist in the spiritual warfare. Oh, I'm just not going to be about war. I'm going to be about peace. Oh, good for you, but the enemy is about destroying and ruining your peace. You know, there is another battle being waged around, all around us, and that's in the spiritual realm. Unfortunately, those engaged in spiritual warfare most often do not know who their enemies are and have no plan for victory and have little, if any, training. They say, I'm saved by grace, and that's all I care about. I'm all about God's love, <laughs> and that's all I'm about, you know? As much as those are, you know, admirable, that's not all you need. There's, you are involved in the spiritual warfare. 
there has been a war going on since before the fall of Satan that many are not even aware of. And I want to begin changing that tonight. <laughs> if you'll listen, maybe. If you'll get it. Now, praise the Lord as he empowered the Apostle Paul to give us this instruction about spiritual warfare that we need to take heart. There's five basic truths where we're only going to be taking three tonight. Uh, first three are the invincible world is real. We are part of the invincible war between God and the enemy, which is Satan. And third, don't underestimate and don't fear the enemy. The fourth is our enemy is fierce and wants to destroy the church. And the fifth is fight from victory. Fight. We have to fight from victory because Christ has won the war. But again, for time's sake, we're only going to tackle three of them. Now, these basic truths are simply an introduction to what we will be learning together over this series. Uh, last week, we tackled, uh, I, I think, five of them last week, but it's simply like an introduction. Um, and I, I want to emphasize this again because I want to give great importance for the need of the full armor of God. Because some of us, maybe many of us, we know of the full armor of God, but we take it for granted because we don't know the gravity of what we're facing. We know it maybe when we're under attack, but when everything is good again, we're like, huh, okay, no more need for it. Go back to sleep. <laughs> no? So first point, first point, the invincible world is real. I, I think even those of us who are the most conservative believers, us, the Baptists, you know, don't dance when we're singing, you know, or praising quietly, singing loudly for the Lord in whisper. Praise be to God. Because we're conservative, right? I think uh, most of us, the conservative believers, tend to accept as reality only those things that we can see, we can hear, we can touch, we can smell or taste. We're Conservative and practical. The Bible sitting at my desk, the Bible sitting, the Bibles in my house are all real. The clothes on my back are real, and the food food in the fridge is real. I know that they are real because I can experience them with the senses God has given me. But when we begin to talk about which is invisible, those things cannot be seen, heard, touched, smelled. Or tasted. Henceforth, we tend to think that those things are not real or somehow at a lesser level of reality than the visible world. We care about the reality for us is the bank account is low or high. We don't care about the spiritual realm because we can't see it. The only thing that matters to us about the spiritual realm is that when we die, we go to heaven. That's as real as the spiritual reality is for us but you know what nothing could be further from the truth for we are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood but against the evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against those mighty powers of darkness who rule this world and against wicked spirits in the heavenly realms that's in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 did I get everything there now another verse this is from the Word of God. This is just because we're trying to make something up, right? The Word of God is real. Spoken words from the Lord. 
God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we belong to Christ. Heavenly realms. Another one. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19b and to 20. And another one. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ, and we are seated with him in the heavenly realms, all because we are one with Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. The spiritual realm is real. And if you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are entangled, caught up in the middle of that spiritual war, whether you like it or not, whether you want to believe it or not. You know, if you want, if you want to deny that you're part of a spiritual war, it's just like, let's pretend there's a lion's den here in Reno, and the government said, hey, let's throw all the Christians in the lion's den. And then you're going to say, I don't believe in animals. See how far that'll take you. Those lions will eat you. They will devour you, whether you believe them or not. Do you know that that's the same thing in the spiritual realm? That's the same thing in the spiritual warfare? Beyond this world of our senses is the unseen world where all that is of a spiritual nature dwells, both good and evil. And it is in this, in this invisible world that spiritual warfare takes place. It is in this unseen world that we fight against the principalities and powers that seek to do us harm. Don't make any mistake about it that the, the spiritual realm, the enemy, is out there for your own good. Don't believe the lie. That's why I've heard this when I preach about when I preach about tithes and offering. Uh, I will hear feedbacks where, you know, Pastor, I don't get it. You know, those people, those friends of mine who don't believe in God, they're the prosperous ones. And then us, us Christians who go to church every Sunday, who give their tithes faithfully, are struggling financially. Well. If you look at, again, if you look at the principle of this, this we belong, we, we're included in the spiritual warfare, and this world belongs to the enemy right now. And who's in power? <laughs> Most, it sounds so political, but right, it's the, the people that are being empowered and being blessed by the enemy are those people that work for him. You can disagree. You can disagree. But if you can look further, if you're going to be honest in, in your investigation of that, of that statement, you will see the truth of it. Second point, we are part of this invincible war between God and the enemy. The Bible tells us that once Daniel had been praying to God and not receiving an answer to his prayer, an angel came to him and explained the delay of spiritual warfare. Do you guys know that? No? Daniel 10, chapter 10, verse 12 to 13. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. This is the archangel Michael speaking to Daniel. Don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven. I come here, I have come in answer to your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. 
Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left them there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. There is much here that we do not understand, but what is very obvious is that a spiritual war was taking place between these spirits and angels. This reveals in the world, which is unseen by us, that there is a conflict going on. A conflict of the ages between good and evil, light and darkness, God and Satan. It reveals that there are satanic forces and heavenly forces, and it reveals that we are in the smack dab in the middle of the whole thing. Whether you, I, I have to keep saying it because a lot of us, we deny this truth because it's uncomfortable. I don't care about this. I want to retire. I want my business blessed and retire in the Philippines. Buy an island. I don't care about spiritual warfare. So long as I'm coming to church on Sundays, extra on Wednesdays maybe, do a Bible study here and there, and then retire happily ever after. Who cares about spiritual warfare? I care about my kids finishing college and ha them having a, a wonderful life. I care about my children, my grandchildren. Those are all good and noble. I find I, those are my concerns too. I'm telling you my concerns. But you know, there's this, there's a bigger picture. There's a bigger picture that we are involved in. Now, once Elisha and his servant were confronted with the army of King Aram, which had surrounded the city, the servant saw the chariots of the enemy and began to despair. Ah, my Lord, what will we do now? He cried out to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened, opened his servant's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15b to 17. God revealed to them that he was ready to do battle on their behalf from the world that was unseen with human eyes. Folks, when we come to church, those of you who are not involved in the ministries, there are attacks that happen to the people that are involved in ministries, whether it's the day of, or the week of, or the moment of, right? Those of you who are involved in Bible, Bible, ministry, Bible studies, you know, that's when arguments happen between our spouses, right? I told you not to heat up the soup. I told you to bring pizza. Why did you bring hot dogs, right? And then, then we just blow it up, and it's just, there's just an attack. The time that you're, kinda, you're coming to the discipleship that you and I scheduled, and all of a sudden, there's attacks that's happening. The attack of laziness, right? They're like, oh, I wish Pastor Joe can just cancel. Maybe I just text him. Maybe he's, maybe he's not feeling well. Hopefully, he's not coming. Right? The attacks happen because we are in the middle of a spiritual warfare. Why do you think Super Bowl is on Sunday? No, nobody, nobody wants to confess, right? I don't know, Pastor. <laughs> because it, it's in the middle of coming to church. Why are the great championship games, Game 7, happen on a Wednesday or on a Sunday? So that I don't get to watch it. <laughs> no, because they're in the middle 
of when Christians are supposed to be doing something. And why do those evil thoughts happen when you're about to read your Bible or when you're praying? Why all of a sudden you're sleepy when you're about to read the Bible, but you were just devouring six series in Netflix. You're like, oh my gosh, six seasons already? Oh my goodness, it's 6 a.m.? What in the world? Oh, uh, hey, I'll text you. Can you read this devotion? Yeah, yes, Pastor. <sighs> but a five-minute read, you're done. But six seasons in Netflix, you can devour in one sitting. Why? Because we are in the middle of a spiritual warfare. The, I, the spiritual battle that we're in, that we are in, is no less real than it was for Daniel or Elisha or any of God's people through the ages. Why am I saying this? I'm saying this to get your attention. No, no. I'm saying this because this is real. This is part of our journey in the book of Ephesians. I'm saying this so that when we get to the point of when we're studying about the full armor of God, you will want to know how to wear it and that you will never want to take it off because of this. We, right now, we're in the middle of a spiritual battle. Some of you are probably just distracted. You're thinking about the laundry, the dishwasher, you know, did I leave the oven on? You're thinking about my bill. You're thinking about your overtime on Wednesday or on Monday. But, you know, the reality is it's all the, the, the devil's strategy to distract you, to take you away from your focus, the ultimate focus, to focus and to live for God and to live and, and to study about him and to just be equipped to be, to be equipped for the war that you are in the middle of. Satan, the god of this evil world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe, so they are unable to see the glorious light of the good news that is shining upon them. They don't understand the message we preach about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4. The spiritual battle that we are in, the spiritual warfare that we are in, it involves the unlost, the, the unsaved people that we are related to, that we have a relationship with. And, and, and the, the battle is to discourage us, to continue to make us fall, so that we will feel unworthy to share the gospel, so that our testimony will fail, so that, oh, you see, Joe kept saying about Jesus, but look at him, man. Somebody just yelled at his daughter, now he's just losing his mind again. You know, it's all those things. The enemy plants it. Satan plants these things in order for us to be discouraged, to fall, to lose our testimony. Satan plants these overtimes for you to work so that you don't come to church. <laughs> now, work is good. Work is good. But when work takes place of God, that's when it's not good. I was encouraged by a, a, a brother last Wednesday because he was being offered to move up two bucks more on his uh, salary or his per hour. But because it was going to fall into him not being able to join the prayer meeting and he's going to miss the Sundays, he said it didn't matter if it was 10 bucks because I want to be here. That's encouraging. That's encouraging. That's, that was like a... I needed that, really, because I've been really discouraged for the past few weeks. And, you know, to hear somebody profess that wholeheartedly, and I knew he meant it, you know, that's just amazing. Because a lot of us, we pray for jobs, 
right? Lord, give me, give me health and give me, give me wealth and give me a wife, give me a husband. And, and God gives us those things. And then the first person we let go of after we're answered, those, those, those prayers are answered, we let go of God. Thank you very much, Lord. You are good. See you when you make the church in the morning. <laughs> and then we make it in the morning. You're like, oh, gosh, you know, so early. <laughs> Maybe you are hearing this today and you are not in a relationship with Christ. I'm trying to look around. Seems like you guys are all, all are. Maybe the ones that are listening. Or perhaps you, are, you have trouble even understanding what I'm talking about because I'm just too hyper. Or maybe you once felt close to God and have been straying away. It just might be that you are engaged in a spiritual war that you are not even aware of. And Satan is blinding your mind from the truth. Those of us who are in Christ are here to battle. Let me say that again. Those of us who are in Christ are here to battle. Not those of you who are not Christians. Because if you're not a Christian, Satan's not touching you because you're playing for his team. But the, the satanic presence that is keeping you from the understanding is what Satan continues to do to you if you are not a Christian. We are human, but we don't wage war with human plans and methods. We use God's mighty weapons, not merely weapons, worldly weapons, to knock down the devil's strongholds. With these weapons, we break down every proud argument that keeps people from knowing God. With these weapons, we conquer their rebellious ideas and we teach them to obey Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse, verse 3 to 5. It is quite obvious that God is calling His church to engage Satan in warfare. Is that what you read? Is that what you heard? That's what is being said. God is calling His church to engage, not to run away, to engage. You guys know what engage is, right? You guys have been engaged, right? <laughs> engage is going for it, for it, not running away from it, just charging. Engage Satan, Satan in warfare so that we will be strong, what was last week, in the Lord. And we'll be able to break satanic strongholds. Our weapons are not of this world. They are not visible, but are unseen weapons like prayer. This is why we say pray all the time, right? This is why the Bible says it, pray all the time, pray always, pray for your children. You know what, folks? If you have teenagers, you know what prayer is. You should know at least what prayer is. The Word of God, the Word of God is the other, the other weapon. The word of God in prayer goes hand in hand in other things that are part of the full armor of God. Christian, Christ follower, you have a decision to make tonight. It is whether you will, you will or will not begin to take up the weapons of our warfare. We need to realize and honestly consider that some of the, some of the struggles and relational conflicts and misunderstandings about God are caused by satanic opposition they are this is why arguments happen in your household before people are coming for the bible study this is why your tires were flat before you coming to practice 
This is why those overtimes are being offered to you while you already signed up for a ministry. This is why you get sick when it's time for you to preach or to teach or to serve. These are the things why, this is the reason why most of these things happen. Third point, don't, do not underestimate the enemy and do not fear him. Um, or become acutely aware of his methods, but not be preoccupied by them. This is, again, I, I used this last week, but it's quite, it's, it's very revealing. 1 Peter 5.8 reads, Be careful. Watch out for attacks from the devil, your enemy. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for some victim to devour. See, the words there are, are isn't it revealing? It's very graphic, but it's true. Many of us who have fallen into the trap of the enemy from time, from time to time, how do we feel after falling? Do you feel refreshed? Like, oh my gosh, I'm glad I fell. Yeah, what more? <laughs> no, right? You, you feel terrible. You feel horrible. You're like, why did I do that again? Why did I go back to that again? Satan is a present reality in our lives, whether we like it or not. He is. He wants nothing more than to destroy our faith, to take away our credibility and lead us to stumble into sin. We have to be prepared for his attacks and we need to show him some level of respect as far as his abilities are concerned. This is why I said do not underestimate the enemy. Now, the archangel Michael, who went to the mat with the devil as they fought over the body of Moses, wouldn't have dared level him with a blasphemous curse, but simply said this, No, you don't. This is the archangel Michael speaking to, to Satan. No, you don't. God will take care of you. See, this is a remarkable section of scripture that doesn't give us many details as we would like. But it does shed some light on how we should treat Satan. Satan is a fallen creature and is an avowed enemy of God. Yet Michael, the archangel, when disputing about the body of Moses, wouldn't dare say anything that would deny the dignity of Satan. In a sense, we could say that he respected his position and his power. We would be foolish, if I can please have your attention, we would be foolish to do anything else. We would be foolish to do anything less, I should say. Now, I've seen and heard many people on TV or in person saying that they rebuke the devil. Now, that's, that's crazy because you rebuke the devil and who are you compared to him, right? Well, yeah, I get it. More, the, the, he, greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. But for you to rebuke the devil, well, well, the archangel did not even do it on his own strength. He said, the Lord will deal with you. Now, it is pure stupidity to think that we can do something that the archangel Michael wouldn't dare do. Be careful. So when we're rebuking the devil, if you really have to, you say in Jesus' name. 
because there's no power in our words. But in Jesus, there's power in Jesus. Now, in the sports world, something most of you can relate to, um, because if I use, I feel like if I use war or international affairs, some of you will be interested. <laughs> but in the sports world, uh, in, in, in 2019, in the NBA, um, the Denver Nuggets had the best record in the West. And they played the Phoenix Suns, who had the worst record in the West during that time. But they underestimated the Phoenix Suns, and they lost to the Phoenix Suns. And then the, the, the center for the Denver Nuggets, he said this, I think we thought it was going to be easy. I'm going to make this pass. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. I, and then he said, I think we played their record, not their personnel. Those guys are playing hard right now. Now, in the, the sports world, there's the, and in, in the spiritual, and in Satan, no opponent is a pushover. You have to understand that, right? You should never underestimate your opponent. On any given day, weaker opponents can challenge you. No matter how talented you are or how dominant your team is playing, you will not win every game. Now, if that is true in the sports world, what more in the spiritual warfare that we're in? Because Satan is cunning. And he's more powerful than us, right? Um, it reminds me of, of uh, Bong. So Bong, Bong became a dad. And um, Bong was, was cleaning his sliding door, you know, with that squishy-washy thing. He's trying to clean it. And his, his four-year-old came. And he goes, Dad. He goes, because he was, he was on YouTube. Somebody's dog is barking. <laughs> um, so he, he said, um, the, ba the baby, the boy, who's a four-year-old, said, um, Dad, what does, an alcohol what does alcoholic mean? You know, because he, he heard it from somewhere. And then Bong was just like, what? Where did you hear that word? He goes, oh, I was just... I heard it from someone. What does alcoholic mean, mean, Daddy? So Bong was like, man, what does that mean? Um, and he looks outside the sliding door. He sees two birds. He goes, son, you see those birds there on the tree? You see those two birds there? Yeah. An alcoholic will see four birds there. And then the boy goes, but there's only one bird there, Daddy. <laughs> We have to be careful. We have to be careful. <laughs> what was my point? I know that joke. I needed to joke, but I don't know if it fits in this one. <laughs> but we have to be careful on who we talk to because one of the things that the enemy is good at is to make people underestimate him. He wants people, us, to think that he's just, you know, those stupid characters that the movies have made him out to be, a guy with the red jumpsuit with a pitchfork. And he's just always about evil things, right? Or, or the worst thing is he wants people, the world, to think that he doesn't exist. That if you believe in the devil, you're stupid, right? See, the, the funny thing is this. A lot more people believe in Santa Claus, and they will argue, argue you with that, rather than believe in God and Satan. And that's the biggest lie that the enemy has propagated the world. Now, Regarding underestimating our opponent, this is a similar problem 
that happens to us Christians. Well, we don't want to give him, Satan, more power than he really has, we make a huge mistake if we think he and his demonic army have no power at all. We need to do something very similar as we engage in spiritual warfare. Now, Ephesians 6.11 reads, put on, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies and tricks of the devil. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. Now, same with his attacks, Satan's attacks. In the forefront, he attacks us. You can see it. The forefront is the ones you can see, right? He, he attacks us through the temptations, the temptations that, that is close to our flesh, right? Remember in James, we are tempted based on what we want. So he uses that. That's the obvious ones, adultery, drunkenness, rage. He uses those things. But there's also a back end, a back way that he attacks us, which is our pride, right? When, when somebody, a Christian, a Christian brother or sister, asks us for forgiveness, and then because of our spiritual pride, we're like, I can forgive you. God can forgive you, but not me, <laughs> right? Those, those are, there's, there's a back end way on where the enemy attacks us. And there's this thing, if you guys... If, if you're like me, who used to love, um, I still love watching them, the war movies. What really gets me is those landmines. You know, remember those, those, if you're watching the movie and somebody steps on the landmine and it explodes and it tears the guy to pieces, right? You know, there's also spiritual landmines. There are spiritual landmines. Because landmines are placed on the ground to kill the enemies who unsuspectingly step on them and blow themselves and maybe others into pieces. Pieces. Now, they are hidden carefully in a place where the enemy will be walking, right? They're, they're going to be taking that path. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's the same with us. The spiritual landmine for us right now, the strategy that the enemy has given us is the weekend. The weekend is a spiritual landmine. No? You don't believe me? It is. The weekend is, some, is, the same, is a road that we all take. Right? It's the road that we all take. We're all going to go through it, but we don't, we're so unsuspecting that there are spiritual landmines there. Now, sports are strategically placed on the weekends, like I mentioned earlier. As people have throughout the years, have patronized these things on, on Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, Game 7, you know, Christians, to a point that churches have given up. Do you know that there are many churches that will cancel their, their Sunday, uh, Sunday uh, service? It's like a white flag saying, yeah, we surrender. It's Super Bowl Sunday. You know, Pastor Dino, who, who pastors, uh, remember, you? I don't know if you met him, but those of you who know him, He's from Seattle, and he says if the Seattle Seahawks are playing, he knows his church is going to be half empty. That's a sad thing. The weekend is where vacations happen because it's the weekend. It's a spiritual landmine. We deserve it, right? I deserve it. You deserve it. I deserve it. On vacation, we, you know, with all the itineraries that you have on your, on your plan, right? 
Like, by the time we get there, we're going to eat here, and then we're going to go there. We're going to take pictures here. We're going to go there again. Then we're going to eat here again, right? We have those itineraries. But mind you, is part of your itinerary going to church? Did you actually go, okay, what's the church's closest to us? Where's there a Baptist one with pot bless? Remember we see, right? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I doubt it. I doubt it if it's part of the itinerary. And that's a landmine. You know, there, there's no difference. We don't include in our vacation itinerary that we're going to church if it happens to be on a Sunday. And the worst thing is this. On the weekends, do we, do we pray or read our Bibles on our vacations? Or do, do our Christianity take a vacation as well? <laughs> oh, I'm on vacation. Take off the Christian Joe. Put on the party Joe. Boom, boom, <laughs> boom, 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 right? And just go. Is that, is that the case? And that's a trap, church. My brothers and sisters, that's a spiritual landmine. Yes, you deserve your days off. You do. You deserve your vacations. You really do. The weekends is for you to enjoy because God took a rest. But we, since we are in a spiritual battle, we are in a spiritual warfare, we have to understand that the moment we took, uh, take off our full armor, we're going to get devoured by the enemy. Amen? Maybe not. Just me. <laughs> you know, if our spiritual life gets blown to pieces during or after the vacation, because of us moving along and falling into the trap of the enemy, we only have ourselves to blame. We just really have ourselves to blame. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 12 reads, Be careful not to forget the Lord who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. And chapter 8, verse 11 reads, But that is the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey His commands, regulations, and decrees that I am giving you today. Why? Because we tend to. When we have plenty, we forget to pray. When we are healthy, we forget to pray and to get on down, down on our knees, to rest everything on Jesus. When we, are, when we have plenty, we forget. We forget about God, which is the saddest thing. Do you agree? Not you, but some, right? Or us at times, right? And it's just not right because you are in a spiritual battle. We are in a spiritual warfare, battle. There's many battles to take, and we are in the war with many different battles altogether. And the moment you decide to take a break, that's when you believe the lie of the enemy and have fallen into his trap. Amen? So let's be aware that it was God who rescued us from the slavery of our sin. So we are not to forget who He is and what He's about. It is God telling us to always put on the full armor of God. Why? Because we are in a battle. So we are to always be wearing it. Amen? Amen. That is our message for tonight. Uh, next week, we're going to carry on with the 
next two points. Thank you very much for your patience. Please join me in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for uh, your message for us tonight. We thank you for, again, the reminder for most of us. Um, if it's new for, for some, Lord God, I pray that you will just continue to remind us of this truth, uh, that we are involved in a spiritual warfare against good and evil, Lord God. Uh, we know, Father God, that you are more powerful than the enemy. And I pray, Father God, that we will always rely on you and your power alone, not on us, but in your strength, Lord God. I pray that you will give us all the wisdom to understand, Lord God, that we need the full armor of God, your full armor that you offer us day in and day out, minute after minute, Father. I pray that we will not take that for granted, Lord God. I pray that we will not wait before it's too late, Father God, before we go and pray. Help us, Father God. I pray for the young people. Lord, I pray for the young people that have taken you for granted, Lord. I pray that you just uh, restore them, restore your love, restore their love relationship with you in order for them to live for you and obey you. I pray for my older, experienced brothers and sisters, Lord God. I pray that despite the, the amount of time that we, we've been with you, Father, let us not take pride or be relaxed or to believe the lie that, oh yeah, we already got this. No, we don't, Lord. Help us, Father, to remind us to always be relying on you and you alone. Forgive us, Lord, for the times that we have neglected you in our relationship with you. Forget, forgive us, Lord, for the times that we have chosen to fall, to fall into the lies of the enemy. We thank you for your grace and your mercy that is new every morning. We love you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's all rise for the closing song. And if you have any prayer, if you have any prayer requests, please come up so we can pray for you. If you have any... Uh, if you have been coming here and you still have and then the Lord is telling you to become a part of it part of this church please come so we can recognize you or if you want to accept Christ as your Lord please come up so we can uh, so we can lead you to that prayer
in prayer father god we know that uh, there is a battle um, that's raging for 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 our very souls and we know that uh, this world will do what it can to to win our hearts and, and turn them from you but father we know uh, as believers uh, that the war is already won but father help us to not get complacent help us to not uh, take that for granted help us to just continually put on the full armor um, help us to to turn to you to to read our bibles to be in fellowship with one another to call on a brother when we need help to just um, to realize that we can't do this uh, without you that we can't do um, 
this without the help of, of others, of other fellow believers. And uh, Father, we just pray for those uh, people here tonight that may be going through something that they're uh, too ashamed to admit, um, that they might just be um, thinking that they, uh, they have no way out. But Father, you are the way. You are the truth and you are the life, Father. We know that nobody comes to you but through your son, Jesus. We just thank you for what he did because when he was nailed to that cross, he nailed sin and death to that cross as well. But Father, we just, uh, we ask that you help protect us, that you just uh, keep us ready for the fight and that we can continually just tell others about you. We just uh, thank you for all that you do. And it's in your son's name we pray, amen.